Welcome to News in Focus, where we offer our insights into the global stories that matter. I'm Alec Russell, the editor of the FT Weekend, and with me here is our Africa editor, David Pilling. David, you are recently back from Uganda, where you spent time with a remarkable figure who's become something of a symbol of resistance for the young and even dispossessed of Africa. Now, your interview with him was in a fairly remarkable setting. Tell us about it. Well, I had lunch with Bobby Wine. It was in what he calls his ghetto, what some people might call a slum in Kampala, in a little hotel. Not really a hotel at all, really more of a kind of a shack made of corrugated iron and sort of clapboard charcoal burners, food being cooked, you know, on the floor on these burners. Actually, very, very good food remarkably cheap. I claim in the piece that it was the cheapest lunch with the FT in recorded history. I think it was £1.8p for the two of us for a, a filling meal. Yes, this is all the more striking given the last lunch with the FT you had in Africa, I think, was with a multimillionaire in Nigeria where you were on some exotic yacht. Something like that, yes. Well, we like to be varied. But this was, yes, it was a way of bringing this character to life who, as you say, has sort of captured the imagination of not only Ugandans, but really people across the continent, the median age in Africa is 19, while Bobby Wine is 37. He's a rap singer. He's become a politician. He's very outspoken. And he's seen to be now, quite incredibly in a sense, the biggest challenger to the real president. They call Bobby Wine the ghetto president. And he's become a, a challenger to the real president, Yoweri Museveni, who's been in power for 33 years since 1986. And Museveni is clearly quite rattled by the rise of Bobby Wine. I want to return to Museveni in a sec because I remember covering him 15 to 20 years ago and even then he seemed a little bit past his sell-by date. But first, let's hear a clip from your visit to Bobby Wine's home turf. I have to apologise for the sound quality, but it is authentic. (laughs) (laughs) We must be involved ourselves. We must be involved ourselves. Yeah, be involved. You can't leave it to others, yeah. So this place is one of the music studios. I used to live in this neighborhood, but because music is one of our biggest talents, my biggest lack looking at my history was lack of where to put my product together. Yeah, yeah, like a studio, yeah. Yeah, the biggest blessing a ghetto youth can get is an opportunity of maybe three hours in studio, Yeah, and their feature is made. So I opened this studio... Come in, come in, come in. Hello. 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 It's Victor. Hello. So you're producing the record now? Yeah. Cool. This is uh, our producer. He does everything pro bono. Okay. So they get to see. And this is uh, one of our promoters. It's called King Roots. King Roots? Yeah. Hi. All those are nicknames. He's yeah. called Inspector. Inspector? Okay. Yeah. I thought that was the name of the band. <laughs> You're Inspector. Okay, cool. Yeah. So this is one of the production houses. Yeah. Um, and what were you playing? Could you play that again? That was nice. Just play. <laughs> Sounds almost like Congolese. Yeah, yeah. Afro pop. He's an expert at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the guitar though. Yeah. He's in the Congo. You lived in Congo? Yeah. Okay. So basically, this 
part cool. of uh, where our boys and girls do their musical production. David, you paint an engaging picture of Bobby Wine, but to be clear, he's had a terribly tough time in trying to oppose Uganda's sitting president. Tell us about some of the difficulties he's faced. Well, Bobby Wine's real name is Robert Kagulani. He was a rap singer. He became quite famous in Uganda as a rap singer. His songs became increasingly political. He actually comes from a political family which had fallen on hard times, which is why he was brought up in this so-called ghetto. But he decided that merely singing songs against Museveni and against what he saw as a sort of authoritarian rule in Uganda was not enough. And so he ran as an independent, as an MP, in his home turf and won with resounding success. Thereafter, he began to oppose Museveni in Parliament and also to campaign against him in local elections around the country. And on one of those occasions, his driver was shot and killed and Wine himself was badly beaten up. I mean, very, very badly beaten up so that he couldn't walk. He was concussed. And people said that he was beaten kind of within an inch of his life. He was then charged, first of all, with gun possession, but that charge was dropped, I think, because there was absolutely no evidence that he had guns. And then charged for treason, there was an incident where the motorcade of the president was hit by some stones, or a stone, I think. And the claim is that it was Wine and his supporters who had done this. Wine denies this. But for that, he faces this charge of treason, which carries the death sentence. While he's out and free, he regularly comes into, let's say, contact with the police. He's not allowed to perform in public either his songs or political rallies, and they're routinely kind of broken up. So he faces this legal and physical threat. Well, he talked about all this very powerfully in your interview with him. I think we should have another clip here from your visit to the Bobby Wine ghetto. And while I'm here, um, this is basically where I sit when I'm doing the, the musical work. So this place is not for the MP, it's for the CEO. Okay. Fire I see. <laughs> yeah. for the you have two personalities. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so initially, before the politics, I'm ghetto president. Yeah. So here. This is you, yeah? Yeah, yeah, that's me. Right What's this there. cup? This is uh, a cup that they use one. Oh, okay. Yeah, club ambience. So oh, football, yeah. So we, but when we, they always bring them. And then this is, was an award that was just brought to me. I got it from the Ghana community. And then this is my wife. Bobby. Yeah. She's a social worker and uh, she runs an initiative called Caring Hearts Uganda, teaching girls how to make reusable sanitary pads. You know, just the lack of sanitary pads yeah. has accounted for a big fraction of the... Girls not going to school, yeah. yeah. So she does that and uh, every once in a while I go and, uh, you know, join her as part of my social responsibility. Come on, let me take you to the gate. I don't want to keep you for my Bye. Given these awful experiences he's had as a wannabe politician, he comes across as astonishingly relaxed and even optimistic in his interview with you. What is the secret of his popularity, do you think, David? And could it take him all the way? Well, he's a very charismatic character. He did come across as relaxed, although when I did bring up these charges, he turned quite gloomy and said, you know, Museveni would stop at nothing to prevent him from running, including, he said, the threat of having him assassinated or exterminated, he said. So, yes, his general demeanour is kind of a reggae style 
star who's very popular, people coming up to him all the time, high-fiving, wanting selfies. At one point, he was lifted up like a kind of Indian god and paraded through the streets. And as far as I could tell, this was all quite spontaneous. So, you know, when you're sort of surrounded by that kind of fervour, it's easy to feel quite relaxed and optimistic. On the other hand, we need to be realistic. Bobby Wine does not have a political party. He's been an MP for two years. He went to university, but he was brought up in a slum. He has an education, but he doesn't really have a kind of a long political education. And indeed, until quite recently, you could argue that he was sometimes quite irresponsible. Sure, he was criticising a dictator, but he was also singing, for example, anti-gay lyrics for which he's been held up. He's since recanted those views. But you can see the possibility for him to kind of slip up. I mean, he's 37 now, he's older, but he's coming out of this phase where he was a young guy about town who was used to adulation. Now, there's quite a big gap from that, I think, to moving to be a serious politician who is A, allowed to run, and who B, if he were to somehow be successful, could form a successful government. I mean, he would need all sorts of people around him with all sorts of knowledge and skills that he doesn't possess himself. And and also, before he can consider forming a successful government... He has to convince people to vote out Yareri Museveni, a veteran autocrat who's been in power for 33 years and shows absolutely no sign of wanting to step down. Well, Museveni's just changed the constitution so that he's allowed to run again. He'll be 75 this year and previously the constitution would have barred him from running. That hurdle has now been swept away. It's possible that the constitution could be changed again to outlaw Bobby Wine on the grounds that he's too young by changing the constitution to a minimum age for a presidential candidate of 45. Or as I say, you know, he could be wrapped up in legal difficulties, he could be put in prison, or, you know, something terrible could happen to him. But even if he runs, you know, he's popular among a kind of urban youth that doesn't necessarily translate into nationwide popularity. And remember that the cards are stacked against him. You have a government that's been in power for three decades that controls the media, that controls the kind of state apparatus and running, you know, however good a candidate. And he is not necessarily the best candidate. He's a rap singer turned politician. It's a good time of the political cycle to be a rap singer or even a comedian and be a politician. Well, that's right. And we talked about Ukraine. To his credit, he knows a couple of things. One, he knows what he doesn't know. He has a framework of ideas of what he wants to do, but he also knows he lacks the technocratic skill. And he talks about the need to bring back some people who have left Uganda because they don't see a future there. And, you know, there are obviously some excellent technocrats in Uganda itself. The other thing I think kind of intriguingly, um, he was saying that a young Bobby Wine is not unlike a young Yoweri Museveni. They sound quite similar. Museveni talked when he came to power in 1986 about the overstayers, the dictators who had stayed in for too long. He talked about the need for democracy, the need to stamp out corruption. That worked well, didn't it? All of the things that Bobby Wine is now talking about himself. And Wine, actually unprompted, had the savvy to recognise this in himself. And, you know, seeing the adulation, I mean, one guy prostrated himself on the ground when we were walking through Kamwacha, the so-called ghetto. And I said to him, you know, couldn't this all go to your head? Couldn't you just become what you're now opposing? And he said this was worrying. And it was also worrying that people saw him as the saviour. And he said, I'm not, I'm just a guy. I'm just one of them. So I think that self-knowledge is useful. It's a prerequisite, but I don't think it's necessarily enough. And I think it's important for us and for the voters of Uganda to realise that, you know, one person is not going to change a system.
Well, it's good to hear of the self-knowledge because I remember as a young foreign correspondent in the mid-90s writing somewhat too rapturously about Ueri Museveni when he was touring around the continent and we were all hailing him as the new model leader and uh, hasn't worked out quite as we'd hoped. But nonetheless, Bobby Wine does sound like an extraordinary character and thank you for shedding light on him and his ambitions. Thanks for listening, everyone. Don't forget, if you've missed our recent episodes on everything from the race to get back to the moon, workplace stress and burnout, or whether the Iran nuclear deal can be saved, you can find them on all the usual podcast platforms. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.